You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to come and share the word of the Lord with this congregation this week. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, I believe that I'm here on purpose. I am here by assignment. And I'm not just, well, it's all right. I'm not just here to preach you some good messages now. Amen. I I believe that when the Lord sends uh, someone to a, a church at a certain season of that congregation, it is on purpose. It is purposeful. And I believe that God intends to do some things to uh, help you and structure you for the next season of God's work and God's operation in this church. Amen. 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 Thank you all five of you that agree with me. Praise God. Amen. Amen. At least give me like a Baptocostal head nod or something like that. All right. Amen. I'm thankful to be here as your spiritual chiropractor this week. Praise God. And I believe that I'm, I, I'm, I'm here by the will of God to help you. And uh, sometimes when you, you're getting worked on, and I don't know if you've ever been in any of those places, or even like a doctor, sometimes you, you don't really feel like they're helping you, especially some of your kids that get needles and stuff like that. You don't feel like they're helping you. But uh, sometimes things got to hurt to help. Well, praise God. I know I'm making friends already. Amen. But uh, I I promise that everything that is done and said in these services will be by the will of God. And if you respond to what the Lord wants to say to you, I believe you're going to be a part of a supernatural move and impartation of the Holy Ghost upon the Calvary Church. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 6. Uh, a few verses here. It is uh, very important for us to understand uh, not just the promises that God has for us, but the context in which those promises are fulfilled. Amen. Amen. The reason why a lot of us get frustrated with God or sometimes we're not brave enough to get frustrated with God so we'll just get frustrated with the process, right? Because we don't understand it. God doesn't work like how we work. God doesn't plan like how we plan. Amen. And so God, before he touches down to do something, He has to thoroughly purge his floor. Amen. He has to prepare the ground on which he's going to work. Amen. The Bible tells us we're in God, verse 17 of Hebrews chapter 6, more abundantly, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, heirs of promise meaning you and I, the immutability or the unchanging of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable or unchanging things in which it was impossible for God to lie it is impossible for God to lie I hope somebody catches that this morning it is impossible for God to lie as soon as he said it it becomes truth Amen. 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 Truth is not found in logic and rationale. Truth is found in whatever God said. If God said it, that's what it's going to be. Amen. So we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold on the hope that is set before us. Which hope, everybody say hope. We have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. So that hope becomes an anchor. And it locks us in to that 
that is beyond the veil. Amen. Now, I don't know you very well. Um, I presume that over the years that there are many people that have come into this congregation. And so some of you have been here probably uh, several decades and you have heard tremendous preaching in this church from these pulpits, from this platform, and tremendous promises and prophecies from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, it is impossible for God to lie. So when we hear things from God that we haven't seen yet, even though they may have tarried, it is impossible for God to lie. So when God speaks a thing, he doesn't necessarily relegates everything to a timeline because he's not bound by that. He actually made that. He made time for us. But God is not bound by time. So when God speaks a thing into your life, he is wanting to fulfill that thing even before you received it. When he speaks his word, his word is not bound by time. He lives in eternity. So when he speaks to you, we can receive things from God that he has ordained us to have even before we were born. Everything that you would ever need ever in your life has already been prepared in the heavenlies. Amen. And God is able to unlock those things for us. Amen. We can receive those things from God, but God needs a platform on which to send them. And this is what I want to speak, and I'm going to lay a foundation for the rest of the week this morning. So I I hope uh, some of you are not schmoes, Sunday morning onlys. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you, you stick with these services for the rest of the week because if you only come today, you're not going to get the fullness of what, what God's wanting to give you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so I want to I talk about a, plat- a platform for his power. A platform for his power. God wants to send his power somewhere. So, I mean, if he's going to send it somewhere, Lord, Lord, You might as well send it here, praise God. You might as well do it here. If you're going to send an incredible harvest in the world, you might as well do it here. Hallelujah. If you're going to heal somebody's body, you might as well do it here. If you're going to send cancer packing, you might as well do it here. Hallelujah. I want God to do what he wants to do and do it right here. Amen. He's looking for a platform. Amen. And wish to send those things. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord and let's ask God to speak directly to us today. We need you, Lord. Can't live without you, Lord Jesus. Have your way in our lives, Lord God. Lord, you told us to praise you in the sanctuary and in the firmament of your power. In the place or the atmosphere, the dimension, Lord God, the platform where your power dwells, Lord Jesus. Lord, we will praise you right there because that's the place, Lord God. You're going to show up. That's the place, Lord God. You're going to pour out. That's the place, Lord Jesus. You're going to do things that we've been looking for. Hallelujah. And so help us, Lord, to do our part in building a place, building a, a platform, setting a stage for your power to be on display. Hallelujah. Not just for us. Lord, but for those, Lord God, that we are to reach in the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. Hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Praise God. And as you're seated, turn to the person next to you and ask them, will you be his platform? Will you be his platform? God is looking for a platform. That scripture where it talks about praising the Lord, praise ye the Lord, praise God in the sanctuary, praise him in the firmament, that level, that dimension, that atmosphere. It's a platform for his power. Amen. So praise ye the Lord 
It is an invitation from God to his people to come to a place. There's a place where his power dwells. There's a place or an atmosphere where God is free to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, in whomever he wants to do it. Praise God. And I believe that God wants to build a platform, hallelujah, in this place, praise God, in your place, praise God, that he can begin to move and do some things that you have not seen yet, praise God. I know the scripture that says eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him, but yes, eyes have not seen, praise God. We've seen some things from God, hallelujah, but we've not seen everything, that we heard that God wants to do. Praise the Lord. And I'm not going to settle, praise the Lord, for just a little bit. I want everything that God has planned and prepared for my life, for my home, for my family. Praise God. I don't know about you. You may just be settling for just a little blessing here or there. You might just want just, oh yes, I just felt a little goosebump down my spine and I'm good for the rest of the week. No, I can't live that way. I've got to have a move of God. God every day of my life. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Praise God. Scripture is beginning to tell us that we can hope in some things. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6 that with this hope we have, it, it, it serves us as an anchor and it locks us into a place, into a place where his power dwells, into that beyond the veil and you have to understand the magnificence uh, and the, the significant the significance of that scripture because uh, the, the Bible is telling us something uh, about a certain place praise God and we have to understand how powerful that is because of what was in that place praise God now that veil that they're talking about is not necessarily a veil that you wear it's not it's not talking about uh, like a, a, a wedding veil the size more. It's talking about it's talking about a veil that separated a place from everywhere else. You know, everybody uh, hung out around the, the tabernacle, the place where they would go to meet God. But there were certain levels. There, somebody said, "There's levels to this thing." There's certain levels. There's levels. To the, everybody can't go to the most powerful place. Why? Because there are certain things you've got to do and, and there's certain criteria for you to fulfill to get to that place of power. Hallelujah. Everybody can hang out in the courtyard. Everybody can bring a, a sacrifice. Praise God. Everybody can go and offer something on the altar, but it was a select group of people that could go beyond that into uh, an inner court hallelujah where there was some other things that other people didn't have access to you may uh, just enjoy the general access you have uh, to God and say yes Jesus loves me this I know because the Bible tells me so no uh, that's not the type of relationship uh, I want with God hallelujah I don't just want a relationship with God uh, based on uh, just what the Bible says uh, or based on uh, what somebody else said or somebody else's testimony I want to experience the love of God and the power of God for myself I want a first hand encounter of what God can do in my life and if I want to see that there's some things that God has to set up there's a platform that God builds to place something on and uh, so there was these outer courts and then there's the inner court but beyond that there was even more of a stricter criteria for someone to go beyond that and that was a place where uh, he placed a very important structure and it was beyond a veil a veil separated the outer and inner courts from their innermost holy place. It was the, as we would read in the Bible, the holy of holies. It's the holiest place. Why? Because God put something there. Hallelujah. And in that holy place, the holiest place, the thing that was beyond the veil was the Ark of the Covenant. 
it was one of the first things that God had moved on Israel to establish as they are leaving Egyptian bondage. I don't just want you to build me a tabernacle, but I want you to build an ark of a covenant. Hallelujah. And there are some things I want you to place inside of that. Praise God. And I've, I've got to walk through some of these things so you can understand how powerful that Ark of the Covenant was. You see, inside of that Ark of the Covenant were three different things. It was a box that God had commissioned his people to build. Take some acacia wood, or, 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 or the Bible will call it uh, like shittim wood, or it was a, a wood that was very dark in grain. And they would take this uh, darkly grained uh, wood and overlay it with gold. And you would build this box so that you can place something inside of it. And not everybody had access to that box because that box was sacred. And this is why that box was sacred. Inside of that box was the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments that God had given to Moses. Now, God had given Moses Ten Commandments and he broke those. Amen. The people began to break law and he began to break law. Amen. He, uh, he got upset. And sometimes, you know, it's all right because preachers are people too. He got upset and broken. So God said, okay, let's try this again. And, and this time, uh, I'm not going to carve them out for you. You're going you're to carve it out yourself because you don't only walk over there breaking my stuff and whatnot. <laughs> Gets this other pair of the Ten Commandments and said, I want you to put that into that box. And some of you would think of the, 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 the advent of God giving his word to man. I, I don't really see in scripture where there are any other recorded uh, words that God gave to man. So in, in my research, in my study, this is the very first time God gives a written word to man. It is a very important thing that is happening right now. God is giving his word in written form. So how did they get a word from God before that? They were in tune with the spirit of God. They were able to know the voice of God. But in this section of the history of the people of God, God said, I'm going to write this down for you. You can't mess this up unless you break it. You can't mess this thing up. And so he gave his law to his people and he said, I want you to place that in there. He, the first pair, he, he carved it, he wrote it with his own finger. He, he gave it to Moses, praise God. Somebody said, that's a miracle. miracle. Praise God. And God said, okay, now he did all of this and some people had to, you know, get, get all uh, messed up and die over it and whatnot. So I'm going to help you out again. And you made some mistake, but I'm going to help you out and I'm going to give it to you again. Praise God. Somebody say the mercy of God. It was because of the mistakes of the people that God miraculously gave them something that they lost. Hallelujah. He began to display his mercy in order for them to have something that they lost because of their mistakes. Praise God. And he said, that's what I want you to put inside of that box. Now you may think of that Ten Commandments inside of the box and say, wow, what a miracle that God would give his word, hallelujah, his law to his people. But that was the second pair. And they wouldn't have needed a second pair if they didn't mess it up the first time. So when you think of the Ten Commandments, you think of a miraculous providence from God. But when they see that box and know that there was a second pair in there, it was a memorial of their mistakes. And in spite of their mistakes, God provided a miracle. Hallelujah. And so, hallelujah, the people began to see a pattern from God, even when they would murmur that God would cause them to leave the scraps they were getting in Egypt and, and have really nothing in the wilderness. They didn't believe that God, who can open the Red Sea, would provide for them. 
murmuring people. Because of their murmuring, somebody said, that's a mistake. Because of their murmuring, he gives them matter. Somebody said, that's a miracle. He caused grain and bread to fall from the sky out of nowhere. Somebody say a way out of no way. Hallelujah. He said, you, you don't even have to work for this. This is going to come down from, oh, hallelujah. And because I'm a merciful God, I'm not going to let your mistakes define you. I'm going to provide a miracle in spite of your mistakes. It's a platform that God is beginning to build so his power can come down. He said, I want you to put that in the box. When you think of the manna, you think of a, a miracle. But when they see the manna, they think of their mistakes because they knew they murmured. That's why they needed the manna. The manna. There was another thing in that box that was very important. And the people began to murmur again. All these miracles. That's why, you know, people that say, well, we just have miracles and we'll, we'll just have great church and we'll have revival. Nope, Sorry. It's, it's precedent in the Bible. The more miracles you have, the more kind of desensitized people get to the power of God and they just start murmuring over everything. Amen. So God is beginning to provide miracles in spite of their mistakes and they begin to murmur against the leadership. What? Are you serious? This is the guy that stands in the face of the most powerful man in the world at that time, Pharaoh, and tells him to let his workforce go. We're about to cripple your economy. We're about to bankrupt the, 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 the center point of the world. Let him go. And God begins to send plagues against Egypt through this man. This man who's lifts up his rod and stands there all night while wind is blowing on the Red Sea and a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Hallelujah. You're going to go ahead and mess with that guy? All right. Said, I don't know about all this. You know, it looked like a little family affair around here because, you know, you got old Mo, he's the pastor. And, you know, Aaron, he's the assistant pastor. That's his brother. And then Miriam's the worship leader. Why nobody else could have any positions around here? They begin to murmur. Did God really say that you guys were supposed to be leading? God said, okay, everybody choose a person out of you. Everybody out of every tribe and bring everybody a rod. It was a, 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 like a walking stick. It was a dead piece of wood that, that you know, they laid there. And, and God said, I'm going to cause one of those things to come back to life. And whichever one uh, has the name of his tribe on that stick, that's, that, those are the people that I want to lead. And so it was the tribe of Levi. It was Aaron's rod that began to bud almonds. It was, it was regrowing out of nowhere. And every other stick was dead. So God had caused a supernatural, miraculous event in spite of their murmuring against leadership. He said, I want you to put that in the box. Yeah. And many of us, we look at the Ark of the Covenant and all we think of, man, that's, the, that's a powerful thing, man. Everywhere they went, the power of God was there. The enemies of God were afraid and God began to do miraculous things to, to, to conquest the land because they had this presence and power of God that was laying upon that box with them. And you and me, we see hindsight, we see a miracle, but them, they saw a box that was a memorial and a memory of their mistakes but in spite of their mistakes God began to provide a miracle and because there were miracles provided for the mistakes of the people put into a location God says I'm going to place my power there and this is how I'm going to do it hallelujah 
It's not your mistakes that's the power. It's not even the box that's the power. It's because I'm going to seal off your mistakes with a lid. Hallelujah. And the top of that box was called a mercy seat. Hallelujah. Your mistakes are covered by the mercy of God. That's the platform that God begins to send. His Oh, hallelujah. And while you see a mistake, God provides a miracle and the power of God will begin to rest on your heart, on your story. Why? Because you didn't deserve it, but God did it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was a memory. It was a memory, Pastor. You see that acacia wood. It's a dark grain wood. They would have to lay gold on top of it. You know, gold, if you're going to lay gold and plate gold or something, you're going to have to thin it out. And gold is so malleable, you can thin that thing out until you can make even like wallpaper out of gold. Even in the Gilded Age, like the Vanderbilts and some of these guys, they would etch gold into their wallpaper. And that was just for their summer home, you know. That's how, that's how thin, but when you get metal and things that thin, it begins to change in translucence. It doesn't seem solid in color anymore, but when you thin it out and stretch it out that thin, it almost becomes transparent. And when you lay that over the dark wood, if you can have a mental image of what what that looks like, it almost as if when you're looking at the outer structure of that box, you're seeing that transparent gold over that dark wood, and when you look at it, you see a reflection. So everywhere they went when they carried that box, if they would look at that box, you would see themselves. Hallelujah. And they would be reminded, it's not me. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not me. Hallelujah. But something God did, it reminds me of who I am. And it lets me look at myself a little bit better. When you look at the mercy of God, it reminds you of who you really are. It humbles you uh, to know uh, that God uh, would place his power over you. Hallelujah. It's a platform. Hallelujah. Why? Hallelujah. Because it was a lid that covered the mistakes and the memories of their mishaps. Hallelujah. And he said, I want you to get get a perfect sacrifice and begin to take the blood of that sacrifice. And I want you to go in to that beyond the veil. Hallelujah. And begin to pour that blood on the mercy seat. And that blood would cover the top of that box. It was a mercy that was covering the mistakes of the people. And God said, that's how I release my power when you allow my blood to begin to cover your mistakes. When you allow my mercy to begin to cover your mistakes, that's a platform where I can send my power. This is where I want to send my power. I'm going to send it to a place that understand, understands how I, how I operate, how I think, and how, how I want to be perceived, how I, how I want to be received. You, 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 you can't look at God as some guy with, with a big old trident as about to poke you because you did something wrong. No, that's wrong religion. Praise God. That's not the God. No, he's not the one sitting up in the clouds with a thunderbolt in his hand. Nope, that's not this, not this one. Y'all watch too much Marvel. Praise God. This is not that. Hallelujah. We're talking about a God that when he sees your mistakes, he says, I got to find a miracle because I can't leave them that way. I've got to find a miracle. I'm not going to leave my people that way. I've got to find a miracle. I've got to find a miracle. Miracle, but oh, hallelujah! If I can put my miracle, 
glory to God and couple it with their mistakes, I can cover it with my blood. Hallelujah. And if I cover it with my blood, my power is going to be resident. We don't want a visitation of the power of God. We want a habitation of the power of God. Whatever God wants to do today, I want it to live here. My pa, I don't, I just want to visit with my people anymore. That's why he, he, he came in, in the bodily form. The fullness of the Godhead was in that, in that body of the Lord Jesus Christ because it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Hallelujah. Just for him to be Emmanuel God with us. Hallelujah. He was building a platform. Hallelujah. So he could be God in us. Praise God. The hope of glory. Praise the Lord. Uh, yes, that same hope. Hallelujah. That same expectation uh, of something better. Praise the Lord. Uh, that same hope uh, that begins to draw us uh, from the outside uh, on to the inside. Hallelujah. Where his power begins to... What are you hoping in today? Uh, where are you placing your faith today? Uh, God says, uh, I've got a place for you to put that faith uh, and it's not in this world. Uh, it's somewhere beyond where my mercy is that's where I placed it right that's where my mercy is hallelujah even though David he didn't live to see the fulfillment of some of the things he was saying even in the book of Psalms he he began to speak of some things prophetically you know he began to say some things praise ye the Lord and the Hebrew text there wasn't three uh, four words, praise ye the Lord. It was actually one word. That term praise ye the Lord in Hebrew is hallelujah. So as it's being interpreted into our reading in our language, it's actually an invitation. So when you say hallelujah, that's not just, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's the highest praise, hallelujah. And you feel good when you say it, but it's much more than the thing that you say when you don't know what else to say to praise God. Hallelujah. It is a, 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 it is a beacon. Hallelujah. It is a, a call to everything around. Let everything. Oh, hallelujah. Why? Because there's a firmament. There's a sanctuary. There's a place where his power dwells. So everybody from everywhere. Hallelujah. Come, it's time to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the platform. That's why God can take a drug dealer and he can make him a preacher. That's why God can take someone of the night and make them someone of the day. Praise the Lord. That's why God can take your past and make it into treasure because he places his mercy over what you don't like. Hallelujah. And if anybody tries to mess with what he put in that box, God says, I'll kill him. I'll kill him dead. Don't touch that. Oh, God doesn't take too kindly from people digging into your past and people meddling into your mess. God says, I'll kill them if they mess with my mercy. My blood is on it. That's why it's so powerful. That's why it's so significant. Hallelujah. Because when they looked at that box, not only did they see a reflection, it was blood poured on that box. So it was a reflection, not just of seeing themselves through that structure, but blood was on. They were seeing themselves through the reflection of the mercy of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It changes how he looks at you. I don't care if anybody else looks at you. It changes how God looks at you. When the blood is... He had to come and die on that cross because it was the only way he can seal it away. Not just for a year. But for good. Everything 
that ever happened before him everything that would happen after him he would seal it off nail it to the cross if they take this blood upon them I don't care what people say about them I don't see them that way in my book I don't see it it's been redacted in red I don't see it like that anymore all I see is the blow oh, hallelujah that's why it's not just good to come and patty cake church I've got to get a hold of the power of God I've got to be a recipient and a platform for the mercy of God why that's where his power is going to be lift your hands right now to the Lord that's where his power is going to be that's where, that's where his power is going to be that's where miracles are going to be that's where supernatural is going to be hallelujah the place where his blood is applied and his mercy has covered mistakes he said I'll, I'll, I'll make the miraculous a regular occurrence in that type of atmosphere with that type of people that understand my blood and understand my mercy and they won't have the gall to touch it or to meddle with it those are the people that I want to use hallelujah and God says that's what I want to do with the Calvary church I want to make a platform here that I can make the supernatural the natural I can make the extraordinary the ordinary and all you've got to do is allow that blood that blood cover that blood cover hallelujah 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 lift your hands right now well lift your hands to the Lord I want to hasten to a close, but the Lord wants to interrupt here. You know why sometimes it's hard for us to operate that way? I don't care if you've been in church for 50 years. You, some people still don't get the mercy of God. Why? Because they sing too much. You've been a first-hand eyewitness of people's mess. You sing too much. When God covers it, you're like, oh yeah, I, I see the blood, but I knew what it was before that. And that's why God calls us to repent. We'll talk about a little bit of repentance this week, but that's why God calls us to repent. Repentance is not just seeking forgiveness for God, uh, from God, but it's, it, repentance is also giving forgiveness to people. You know what that looks like? Oh, I don't see what they did. I see the blood. And now because I see the blood and that same blood is on me, we're blood. Yeah, let's, we'll see how fast you disown your family if they gossip on you. You might not talk to them for a few weeks or some of y'all a few months, but they're still your family, your blood. Hallelujah. Amen. God says the place where I want to pour my power, all you see is that your blood. You just, you, you, we identify with the same blood. Hallelujah. We are one body. We are one church. And he says the place where that can be understood, I will make unusual things begin to happen among you. Hallelujah. Can you see the blood? Hallelujah. If they repent, let them repent. If God God doesn't hold it against them, you shouldn't either. Praise God. I know some of you are with me on that, but some of you kind of clammed up on that one because it's, it's, di- it's difficult. We're human. It's difficult. We know what we've seen. And some of us haven't even seen anything. We know we heard. <laughs> and we get so fooled and bamboozled by what we heard. And, you know, it's not even a, isn't so, half of it ain't even the truth. You know, that's why you got two ears. You're supposed to listen twice. <laughs> you listen the first time, you're going to get half of it. And you're like, oh, this is the whole thing. Look at this right here. And wh- why, don't we, uh, why, don't, why don't people ever choose the good half? We always run with the bad half, right? God says, that's not a place that I want my power to be. Mm -mm. I'm not going to release nothing among that. 
But the people that understand my mercy so much so that they're willing to emulate the same mercy that I give to them, that no matter if somebody, hallelujah, comes against them seven times 70 in one day hallelujah that's how much God will begin to forgive you and that's how much God wants us to forgive each other hallelujah why because we're building something for God to live in it's a place where his power dwells hallelujah everybody lift your hands right now God is helping to turn hearts, right? Some of you have been through so many things, and it's not even that. You, 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 you don't want forgiveness from God. You want forgiveness from God. You even sought forgiveness from God. You don't even have a problem with forgiving people. You, you're very kind and generous and kind-hearted and you love people. You'll, you're willing to overlook some things. Hallelujah. But, but some, some of you, you're just stuck on yourself. And you, you, you'll ask for forgiveness, but you won't receive it because you still view yourself as the person you were before the blood. I says, my power can't rest there. It's unsustainable where you won't even believe in my mercy for yourself. Hallelujah. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care if it's culturally unacceptable. God says, let me put my blood on it. Not like those people. Have a rough time with forgiving ourselves for some things. But God said this. Let me build my platform. Let, Let me build the place where I want to rest my power. So on top of that blood, it's a, it's a seat. I will sit there. That will become my throne. It was a depiction of what heaven really looks like, throne of God. When Isaiah saw it, he saw the angels around his throne, around the seat of God, crying, holy, holy, holy. He told them to build a depiction of what it looks like where God rests. There's a seat in between two angels, and that's the holy place. That is where God wants to sit. He said, I want to rest there and make that place of mercy where I, if you want to find me, you can find me in a holy place. Hallelujah. The place where I've allowed my blood to cover your past. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will find more liberty in the Holy Ghost when you can get over yourself. Because God is not like some people where he'll forgive, but he, he, he'll still remember what you did. The Bible says that he said, I, I'll remember your sin no more. You know, I, I know some of us, we kind of hold to that scripture. It says, fool me once, shame on me. No, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Oh, y'all didn't see that in the Bible either? <laughs> so, so I'm supposed to forgive people and forget about it? It is so quiet in this house. <laughs> you mean... I'm supposed to be merciful like God? If we call ourselves Christians and be Christ-like, we'll even wash Judas' feet. We'll, We'll die for the people that put us on the cross. God said, that is the place and the platform of power. There are some people that are going to pray today. Everybody's hand lifted. There's some people that are going to pray today. You've repented before. But you're still struggling because there's some things that you haven't let go. You've taken too much ownership 
of the things that God wanted to take from you. Lay it at his feet and put it on the altar. It's dead. It's dead. You don't put living things on the altar. Let it die. And if it's dead, leave it alone. Because if it's dead and it's on the altar, fire will consume it. And when the fire consumes, there won't be much left to see about that thing. He'll erase every trace of what you put on the altar. If you just let it die and put it there, hallelujah, don't put it on the altar and after you uh, finish sobbing, pick it back up, put it on your shoulders and wear it like a backpack all week until you come back to, to, to church. Come on, stop that. God says in this season of this congregation, I am building a platform where, hallelujah, when people come in, it won't even take a big to-do for them to begin to feel my presence. They don't have to wait till the end of the service to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But even in the worship, hallelujah, they can begin to feel the presence of God. People will begin to have dreams and visions of God bringing them into the sanctuary and they won't even have visited this place before. God wants to begin to send angelic assistance to the apostolic ministry that is coming from this church. But he needs a platform to do it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me today. The greatest miracle anybody could ever receive is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But the baptism of the Holy Ghost needs a platform. It needs somewhere to land. God wants to give the whole world the gift. This is why it's the greatest miracle. Because it's him. Now, I'll mess with your theology a little bit. Some of us only want to go to heaven because we got a mansion up there. When I'm going to burst your bubble, it's not a literal mansion. It says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. That word literally means compartments. There's rooms, there's places. But the space is so big, you can even, it'd be just as big as it mentioned. There are places in God that, ha- that God has reserved for every person. He, he wants people to come to, but he needs a platform. When we buy gifts for people, we like to make it look nice, right? We want to wrap it up. You know, some of us put it on a nice little, and it's not just enough just to, you know, buy them a bag of chips and just put a bow on it. Some of us, you know, take the gift, place it in our recycled Amazon box, and (laughs) we wrap it up. Here you go. God prepares your heart for his greatest miracle by you receiving his mercy because of your mistakes. And that's the greatest miracle. So every subsequent miracle... We can believe God to fill people with the Holy Ghost, but we struggle with God to heal someone's body because we don't understand mercy. You have, if you receive the Holy Ghost, you have received the greatest miracle that you could ever receive. Why? Because it's God. The best thing about heaven is not the mansions. It's not the streets of gold. It's not the gates, each gate made out of one pearl. That's not the wonderful thing out of of heaven. The best thing about heaven 
is God. You know what you get for living good, being righteous, and doing what God wants you to do in your life? He said, I'm your exceeding great reward. So if you're in this for something else, I'm sorry. God doesn't have a problem blessing people with things, but he wants you to put things in his proper perspective. The best thing you can ever have is him. Now, some of us, we have been so warped by society that we don't realize we have to prepare the platform to receive him. We don't just like assimilate him into our being like some type of a osmosis, you know. We prepare a platform and he fills us. So by the declaration of your faith, I'm thankful that you said what you said, but what have you done to receive him on the inside? And he'll give you evidence that he's there. Some of you here today, you're guessing if you've got God on the inside. I know people have said it because it's like a a general statement, you know. It sounds nice, yeah. Yeah, we've got God on the inside. But how do you know? How do you you know you got God? Turn to the person next to you and say, how do you know? Some of you are scared now. You don't want to turn. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor. I'm not going to ask you because I don't want you to ask me. (laughs) How do you know? And if they ask you, you're going to have to answer them. Now for me, I know because when I received him, he began to take control. And he evidenced himself with taking control of what I was saying. He speaks through me in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. That's how you know. And subsequently, that Spirit will cause you to bear fruit. That's also how you know. know? So, yes, there are people that have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost in this place. But there are people that the Holy Ghost has never received you. Because you spoke in tongues, but you're still lying. Spoke in tongues, still gossiping. Yes, we're human. We make mistakes. But there are people in here that need to come to this altar. That they receive the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost need to receive you. Meaning, that's not like a separate thing. That just means I have yielded to God in such a way that I'm allowing him to change me. I'm allowing him to transform me. And there are people that are going to come to this altar that you may have gotten the Holy Ghost. You may have spoken in tongues. You may have been baptized in Jesus' name. But you need to yield to God. You need to submit. To, you got a submission problem. You're too American. You gotta, you gotta yield to God. Hallelujah. I can yield to Him because He loves me. And when I stand here with my hands lifted, I can rest assured that. Although there are some things that I don't understand, all things will work together for good to them that love the Lord and that are the called according to his purpose. So as you're lifting your hands today and you feel that God has been trying to pull you toward him today, do not resist the Holy Ghost in this moment of this service. Do not resist the voice of God 
if you make that a habit you will become numb to his voice and his presence you have heard God speaking to you in ways and probably some of you have heard things said today and it's been walking right down your street God says don't resist what I'm trying to do in your life today because it's not just about this moment but there's something I'm wanting to do there's things that I've said that I haven't done yet and I'm itching to do them but I need somebody to yield yield to my voice yield to my mercy hallelujah so as you're leaving your seats right now with your hands lifted if you are here and you need the Holy Ghost to receive it for the very first time God will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost but for those of you that have already received him and you need to be refreshed in your soul and in your mind because there are things from your yesterday that keep trying to climb out of the box God says let me seal that thing off with my blood hallelujah hallelujah praise God now those of you that are praying I'm thankful for all these young people children that have come there's a little bit more space here I want you to fill this space right here if you are here and some of you you know the people who they are and if you're standing next to them or you're with them encourage them but if you're here and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues I want you to come to the middle here there's a lot of space here come to the middle right here we want to know who you are we want to pray with you and God wants to fill you it's a gift but you got to prepare that platform for him to fill you in the name of Jesus come on is there anybody else that needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost I want you to come to the middle hallelujah hallelujah praise God praise God now for what God wants to do in this altar we're all going to do the same thing God wants to apply his blood. And this is why when you get baptized in Jesus' name it's for the remission of your sins, but he, you don't have to get baptized again if you make another mistake. You just need the blood applied. You just need the blood applied. He's going to, whatever the enemy tried to break open and see, and break open in, in the box and try to tell you about, you need to go back to that. No, no. Give it to God. He'll just seal it off one more time. As you open your heart and say, Lord, cleanse me, Lord Jesus. Wash me of everything unclean, Lord God. Apply your blood here. Lord, I want to be viewed by how you view me. I can only do that if your blood's applied to my life. So Lord, I repent. I'm turning away from my past and I'm turning towards you. Hallelujah. The gift of faith is about to be in operation today and as you're, as you're lifting your hands, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Begin to say, God, forgive me. God, wash me. God, cleanse me. Lord, I'm not just sorry for my sin. I don't want to go back to it, Lord Jesus. I want to be transformed. So, Lord, I'm not just here to repent. I'm here to get a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost that will cause me to change and transform and be delivered and set free. Hallelujah. Come on, he's going to mend the broken. He's going he's gonna to do it right now in the name of Jesus. And as you're praying and lifting your voice, begin to praise the Lord and worship God with your voice out loud. Don't just pray in your heart, but as you're lifting your hands, begin to lift your head.
head and lift your voice and begin to allow God to do what he wants to do in your heart right now in the name of Jesus receive ye the power of God the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues in the name of Jesus hallelujah come on lift your voice come on and lift your voice you're not praying by yourself God is right there with you he's going to heal you he's going to deliver you he's going to set you free this podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio for more information about the Calvary Church please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.